Hello everyone and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King and I'm alive! I'm alive everyone! Don't worry, I'm still here. I know that it's been a while. Uh, the last episode that I released was in October. I did not mean to fall so behind, but honestly, uh, life and work. Work has been very busy and I've needed to make sure that I am as focused as possible on that as possible. Uh, to make sure that that's running smoothly, which it is, in case you were wondering. Um, but I'm back today not to continue my examination of the endings of the works of Stephen King, uh, which I will get to. I'm not finished with that mission yet. But um, no, today I'm going to talk about that first episode of The Stand, which dropped on CBS. But first, uh, for all new listeners, welcome to the Stephen King cast. This is the latest episode in a long-running podcast that dates back to 2014, uh, in which I set out to examine each of the works in Stephen King in the chronological order of publication, uh, to just go through a, a deep-dive analysis um, of the themes of each of the works, how they um, interwove with one another, the patterns that we see from work to work, what it what it says about Stephen King at the time of the writing of each piece, um, and and what uh, and uh, what the motifs were, um, but I have done that, and since then I have been looking at each of the endings of the works of Stephen King, uh, because if you're listening to this podcast, you are a Stephen King fan, and I'm sure that you have heard the criticism that Stephen King does not know how to end his novels properly. So what I've been doing, I've been really examining that. So I've gone back to the beginning, and I am making my way through each of the books once again, but this time focusing purely on the ending and applying a series of questions about that particular ending to determine whether or not it actually meets the criteria of being a good ending or if we are not looking at things the right way. Uh, so that's what I've been doing lately um, in terms of the Stephen King cast, which, like I said, I have not put an episode out since October, but I, I really wanted to, to talk about The Stand. Um, now, I, I should say what I'm going to do the way that I'm going to break it down, I'm going to kind of give some some background on the Stand miniseries, and then I'm going to talk about uh, the things that worked and the things that did not work, and then I'll give my overall thoughts and sort of summarize it, um, how I feel about it from an objective standpoint and how I feel about it um, subjectively. So let, let's put the Stand in some context here. So I, I, I'm going to be honest with everyone. I did not talk much about the the stand, the CBS All Access um, adaptation. I, I didn't I didn't talk about it much um, once I started seeing the, the the marketing for it. And the reason was this: I, I didn't I was not impressed with the marketing, and I had a bad feeling based on the marketing that I had seen. Um, I started to to feel kind of iffy once actually prior to the marketing once they started casting it I just didn't know if this was aligning with what I felt the stand could be but like I said I didn't really want to get my negative thoughts out there too much for a couple reasons because especially with the marketing one mar the marketing is not indicative of what the final product would be so I didn't want to start to spread ill will about a product before 
I managed to see that that product. Um, so in the case that the the final product, like I said, did not align with the marketing, I, I didn't want to put negative feelings out there because that wasn't fair. Um, and at the same time, if it did align, um, and and the the marketing and the final product aligned with one another, I I still didn't want to put my thoughts out there because I still hadn't seen the the final product. Um, or I should say the first episode. And so I, I was just very, I was hesitant, but I didn't want to, um, what's the, the term, yuck anyone's yum. Now, going back a couple years with all of the promotional material around IT Chapter 1, I made sure to cover that because from what I was seeing, it was, it was galvanizing me as a Stephen King fan, um, as a cinema fan. I, 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 what I was seeing was very much um, worth talking about and I, I wanted to do that because it, it, it was selling what I, I had hoped would be a strong final product and if you just go back and listen to my reviews of IT Chapter 1, yes, I thought it was a very strong product um, but like I said, I, I had hesitations, I didn't want to um, ruin anyone's good time or get in the way of their own anticipation and excitement, especially especially with it being 2020 when a lot of people are struggling and a lot of people have had losses financially, uh, professionally, um, and um, they've lost people in their lives. And, I, and if anyone out there was really holding on to the stand as a source of entertainment and and fun and a, a source of something to look forward to I, I didn't want to get in the way of that I didn't want to ruin that I didn't I didn't want to stir anything up even though I had some reservations like I said based on what I had seen now let me talk about why I had the reservations that I did up front the reservations that I had was dating back a few years prior when before Ben Affleck became Batman before the back tattoo, um, before before all of that, after Geekly, before Batman and his current state, um, Ben Affleck, uh, if you remember, underwent a um, a second act, so to speak, in cinema and in Hollywood, and where he sort of became the Golden Boy director. Um, his movie won Best Picture, even though Argo, even though he himself did not win Best Director, but he was. He had the buzz, he had uh, the acclaim, he had uh, the sort of the blessing from the studios who liked to work with him, especially Warner Brothers, um, who, if I get that correct, I think I'm correct on that, but, um, but anyway, make a long story short, at one point, Ben Affleck was tapped to direct a live-action, big-budget a list adaptation of the stand that's what the studio was looking so they were tapping one of the hottest directors at the time and they were going to um, flood it with stars and I believe that they were going to turn it into a trilogy think of Lord of the Rings now I, I haven't read the script I heard that there were problems with the script but at least I like the intent of uh, of putting your money where your mouth is and filling it with stars and filling the screen with a version of this fall in America. I thought that there was really something to that and I admired and looked forward to that. Ben Affleck dropped out. 
Um, there was at some point, if you remember, I talked about this a lot when this happened in the early days of the Stephen King cast, but the casting of Matthew McConaughey as Randall Flagg prior to him becoming um, the man in black in The Dark Tower, he was cast um, or rumored to be cast as Randall Flagg in The Stand. So think about this, that at one point we had a, a version. So somewhere out in the multiverse right now, there is a version of The Stand that has um, graced movie theater screens when we still had movie theaters. Um, and it was directed possibly by Ben Affleck, starring Matthew McConaughey and a series of other A-list actors. So that is where my mind had gone originally when I thought of a new adaptation of The Stand. That if we're going to make The Stand, we're going to make it at the biggest scale possible um, with the, the biggest stars possible. Um, so that, that was what the intent was originally. And then it eventually, through no fault of Josh Boone, um, it wound up in his hands. And when he first was attached to it, it was still going to be uh, a feature film, but it wound up getting um, funneled into CBS All Access to promote the streaming service. So we went from something that was going to be A-list stars, big screen, to this new streaming platform to help sell the streaming platform, which isn't, I mean, it's a smart move, especially if you look at it now when movie theaters are collapsing and there's uh, so much turmoil within the, uh, the world of uh, motion pictures and theaters themselves. So it worked out in the favor of... Um, whoever decided to use the stand to help sell this relatively new platform. So I, I, I get that. But at the same time, we did miss out on what could be a, a massive spectacle. And the stand, if nothing else, is a massive spectacle. Um, I mean, think about... I mean, so what, what I always pictured was to explore America on the big screen with beautiful cinematography illustrating both the, the beauty and the horror of this world um, in the wake of the, the decimation due to Captain Trips um, on the biggest screen possible. So when, when all of this was originally announced, that's where my mind had gone and, and what it could be. So now I'm seeing a different version of this and I started to see the materials for it and I, I saw a lot of the, 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 the marketing for, with the posters with a lot of grays and blues that didn't really distinguish it too much from The Walking Dead. Um, there was just kind of like a filter over it and it, it wasn't capturing the beauty and the majesty of what is, is built into this story. Um, it looked like it was just giving us a TV version on a shoestring budget of what, um, what this story could be. That's what the marketing was. So that's why I didn't talk too much about the stand leading into the stand because of the marketing. Now, before I get into my thoughts, I'm going to talk about episode one. I'm going to talk about, um, I'm going to give you all the the members of the uh, Free Zone Committee, um, which are the good thoughts, and then I'm going to give you the members of uh, Las Vegas, which are the bad thoughts. So the good thoughts are... Um, this, it's probably the most timely adaptation of a Stephen King work 
ever put to um, either television or film, whatever. Um, I mean, has there ever been a better time for any of us to ingest the stand? I mean, we are living through a pandemic right now. In the early days of COVID-19, um, it, uh, everyone was talking about how this was very much the stand. Um, and in the middle of this pandemic, we also have this national conversation about what our identity is shaped on the politics within our country that is so divided. So the stand itself has the pandemic and it has everyone making a decision to go to one of two camps that will uh, shape the future of, of the country. And, um, you know, you, you have people in the stand that, that are otherwise good people, but they, they choose um, to follow someone who is very much the antithesis of a good person. Um, and so we're, we're seeing this play out in, in real time, too. Good people who are swayed and let themselves be swayed. Um, so this seemed like the year for the stand, and I was really, even though I might have had some hesitations, I was still looking forward to it. Um, and I just think that in terms of the timeliness, it couldn't be um, a better time for us to ingest the, the, the stand. Um, but I think the, the biggest strength of this adaptation, at least in the first episode, was Harold. I mean, my God, what a decision. Now, I'm sure that this is going to be divisive, and I'm sure it's going to alienate a number of fans who like things to stay as they are within the original text. Um, so in that case, yes, I can understand how the in not just the inclusion, but the the focus of Harold would go a long way in, in maybe alienating those viewers. But for me, um, I thought that this change in perspective really kept things fresh while staying true to the spirit of the novel. So there's a lot of things here to talk about Harold. The, the, the performance um, from Owen Teague is astounding. Um, he is able to uh, really capture the spirit of Harold who has undergone a 2020 transformation that makes it very true and authentic to today's age. So basically, Harold is, you know, what we call an incel. We don't experience him through the perspective of Franny as we do in the book and the miniseries. We see Franny through the perspective of Harold. And like I said, we just see him thoroughly for who he is, for all of the good and all of the bad. We see him leering. We see him stalking. We see him doing more in regards to, to Franny. All of these really gross and uncomfortable characteristics of this social outcast who doesn't know how to be with others in a functional society someone who then thrives when the the world collapses. It's a really authentic performance. You know, as we were watching it, my wife and I, she was so uncomfortable watching him, um, which just goes to show the, the performance is, is really strong. And I think that this is the decision made by Josh Boone and the writers. I, I think this was a really good choice, that we, we see that when the world ends... 
it's a clean slate for everyone and you can choose who you want to be and by flashing ahead and i'm going to get to that later when, when we see him in boulder and we see that he's working as part of the cleanup crew everyone that has read the book understands the significance of this and how there was a choice presented for harold and, and we really see that clearly but we also see that harold is not just skilled at being able to survive in this post-apocalypse he's enjoying it a bit too much and it's very disconcerting and we do feel a sense of danger for franny when she is with him because of the possession that he has and he he wants to possess her um so the authenticity that we have with this character the 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 wannabe writer the rejection we see the the cemetery dance rejection big shout out to cemetery dance obviously cemetery dance has had a long running history with with stephen king um so that was that was cool to see um you know we we see him being bullied we see him getting beaten up but he's not just a victim you know he's also someone that was suspended for uh, writing bad fiction that probably had to do with with a shooting um, that felt really honest that felt really true to today um, and in turn like it sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy right like this person writes this thing he is shunned he continues to become the thing that others see him as um, you know, so it, it, it feeds the wrong, um, uh, the, the worst aspects of who he is, um, that then kind of thrive once the, the world ends. But at the same time, like I said, we see him being able to adapt and survive. We, we, we know that he is savvy enough to have listened to the internet. I wish that we had more of that. Um, I want to see the sites that he was on. It's, it's not really good or captivating television to watch someone surf the net. But I think that that would, I think that that's a large part of who he is. So to see him engaging online, I think would be important. Um, and though he is pervy, like he also saved, uh, Franny's life. So I think that this was a, a smart choice on their part to, to spice to spice up the stand and um, give us a multifaceted look at a, a pretty unlikable character um, and, and see where that takes us. <clears throat> so I think that that was good. Um, what else? Stu? I, I thought that um, James Marston was really good as Stu. I, I think that's very easy for him to, to portray um, just that, that quiet, compassionate strength that Stu embodies. Um, you know, I'll get into the structure more. I wish that we saw more of him, um, but from what we did see of him, I I was very happy. I was very happy with with the performance. Uh, another uh, member of the the free zone the free zone committee um, was J.K. Simmons and the conversation between he and Stu, um, as well as the doctor and and Stu, their relationship that. <clears throat> that compassion and that friendship and the kindness that he um, extended 
uh, to Stu when Stu needed it the most. I, I thought that that was a good spin. Um, especially now, you know, they, 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 they didn't, <clears throat> you know, that they, 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 they made this before the pandemic. And in, in fact, I think that I read that they sort of finished, finished filming at the early stages of, of COVID. So they did, they didn't, uh, you know, they weren't able to, to play upon events that were playing out in the real world, but with the, with such a population that has rejected science and attacked scientists, um, to, to have a scientist presented so uh, warmly, uh, I, I thought was a, a really nice touch. Um, but yeah, and, and the conversation with J.K. Simmons, I, I thought was was really good as as Starkey. The visions, I like the way that the visions are presented, especially the the Las Vegas. Um, vision uh in 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 the desert with the 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 neon las vegas girls and uh the spotlight coming out and the opening uh whistle to the stranger and having the the shadowy figure of randall flag emerge from behind a boulder um i thought that that was great The, the the spotlight and the music and the staged performance of it I thought it was very fitting for Randall Flagg, who just loves the limelight. So I thought that was a really nice touch. Now, with that said, The Stranger, guys, that was... Worked on so many levels. One, it fits. It's like, it just on a surface level, it fits. <clears throat> Randall Flagg. It's very... It's also very much in line with Stephen King, including classic rock uh, into the story. It's such a Stephen King thing. Um, to the point where, you know, I, I chuckled, <clears throat> my wife kind of groaned, um, when, when it started, but for me, I thought it, it worked so well, I thought it was kind of winking, I thought it knew exactly that, that I, when they made this choice, I think they knew exactly what they were doing with it, it was very much in the spirit of Stephen King, very much in the spirit of Randall Flagg, so I was so taken by that uh that song choice both in the vision with the opening and with the 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 meat of the song playing um in the credits and i should say that the credits both the opening and the closing i thought were really really effective the the ominous gravitas of the the opening um i thought was great and uh just the fun (laughs) the fun celebratory uh the stranger uh, in, in the closing credits was, was really, really good. Um, it was so on the nose, but I, and goofy, but I, I loved it. Randall Flagg and Mother Abigail. Uh, obviously we'll get more of them later. We saw more, um, Whoopi, uh, than we did, um, uh, Skarsgård. Um, but she already, she, she, Whoopi's good. And, um, you know, Skarsgård's playing, Stephen King villains usually work out well, so I have um, no doubt that that he's he's going to be. You know, when he was cast, I was like, yeah, he's he's going to he's got charm and he's got danger. He can pull this off very easily. So he's I, I have no doubt he's going to be a great Randall Flag. He already looks the part. I like the choice of of giving him the beard. Um, I'm glad that he didn't dye his hair black. That would have looked weird. But I think he's going to have the swagger, the charm, um, the chaos. Uh, the danger, everything that we need with flags. So I look forward to, to seeing more of that. So those are all the members of the Boulder Free Zone Committee. 
Um, now I want to talk about the members of Las Vegas, <clears throat> the the bad elements that I didn't like so much. So let, let let's talk about the structure. They decided to um, adopt a. A lot of people are talking about Lost. Um, you know, and famously on Lost, it starts on the island and it flashes back um, to the characters' lives pre-island life, um, and, and we're seeing that here. And so we're starting off in Boulder with Harold and flashing back to a gunquit. Um, and I should say, do you hear what I just said? I said a gunquit. I didn't say oh gunquit. Um, just note from a New Englander, uh, we pronounce it Ogunquit, not Ogunquit, but whatever. Uh, but to, to, to have it, to have it start after the flu, after the rise and fall of the, the pandemic, um, we're missing out on something. Okay, because the, the power of the structure is in the fact that by getting to know our characters prior to the Captain Trip's spread, we experience the end of the world with them. And as we experience it with them, you know, we feel as though we are a part of their journey. We watch the, the, the collapse of society. We watch as the world opens up new possibilities in the wake of this monumental tragedy, the landscape and the rules to life change um, to what we experience on a daily basis, and they, they change to the, the rules of uh, adventure fantasy novel. I don't want to pick up Lord of the Rings when the characters are in the mines and then flash back to the Shire. In order to experience a journey, we need to start at the beginning with Frodo. We need to establish normalcy if the post-normal is going to land. And I understand that there's a difference between... between um, you know, a fantasy story where you have to build a world and our world, which is recognizable in the world of the stand. However, you still need to maximize the, the impact. And I feel as though the impact is lessened because we don't go on that journey with them. The, the journey is, is taken from us. There is such a, a beautiful alchemy to reading this where possibility and danger lies around every corner and, and turn and there is it's such it's a great unknown and the, the cross-country trips that everyone takes during that summer are simultaneously soul cleansing and soul crushing and that has been denied of us so much of the stand and why we talk about the stand it's not about boulder like boulder's fine but boulder is also the part of the novel where stephen king stalled out and he didn't know where to take it um and i'm not going to spoil uh the events for those of you who haven't read the book but it's during that scene where he realized that he needed to do something very dramatic because there's just really not much that he could do within the town of Boulder at that point. So to start there and to work backwards, it, it's it's almost missing the point of of why we like the stand. And I don't want to speak for everyone, but I, I feel as though the journey that everyone takes 
that's that's the point. Um, and to not follow Larry from his journey from the west to the east and then from the east to the west and the the, the life lessons he learns across the that journey i i think that we're, we're kind of missing the point of of what the stand is and can be so from an economic standpoint i get that this allows you to get the biggest bang for your buck with the and with the amount of time that maybe they had been given so i do understand that it is a choice and they're going to see it through and they're going to be able to craft a story that's going to work for their intent and i understand that um, however i feel as though it is denying the viewer from the best possible version of what the stand can be which is to follow the characters along their journey um so like like i said it it's you just take the mystery you take the wonder you take the 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 unexpected out of it um the purpose of a balloon is to float and when i am given a balloon i want it to float and what they've done here unfortunately is give me a deflated balloon it's technically still a balloon, but without the air in it, what's the point? And yes, this illusion was on purpose. Um, so I, that that's the biggest issue that, that I have. Um, I know I'm not the only one, uh, but I, I feel as though it is robbing us of, of um, what makes the stand so important, is getting to know the characters as they make their way through the the journey um but you know it, it's not enough for me to to thoroughly dislike it okay now um uh, oh oh I, I meant to say um earlier another member of the uh boulder uh free zone committee is the the, the look of the captain trips infected the the tube necks looks right out of that bernie Wrights and picture from the 1990s illustrated edition um looks great i i really really liked it it disgusting it was disgusting okay um but going back to the members of las vegas uh in the final scene uh when it starts at the beginning now of campion um being at the facility when the captain trips is released the door doesn't automatically close and it doesn't close because randall flag is holding it personally i don't like this because um, it it presents Flag as a um, a schemer and a grand manipulator and the one that orchestrated uh, the downfall of civilization and I don't like that because that's not what Flag is. Flag is uh, an opportunist. Flag is a chaos sower. He's someone that thrives in chaos. Um, he's someone that. Uh, kind of fails upward keep in mind that he's someone that's just been kind of i don't want to say small stakes but just causing trouble throughout america in different pockets without a grand plan and he needed nothing short of the apocalypse to happen in order for him to to have any sort of control and i think that that is that's important because that goes back to stephen king's condemnation of his villains 
Um, and this is, is romanticizing the villain. I feel that he is so masterful in his evil craft. Um, he's like a, he in, he is in of itself a walking conspiracy. And I, and I just, I'm so over conspiracies. I'm so over like this idea that there's this like secret villain or a secret organization or whatever. And, and the, the, the decision to make flag be responsible here for the, 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 the flu getting out. Um, it gives him too much power. It gives him too much worth. It gives him too much credit. Um, and I think that it, it, it denies us from grappling with how it was presented in the novel, which is, this is all because of humanity. It is the, the, the complete failing of humanity. A, because they made a super weapon a biological super weapon that could do this and b the incompetence of this led to a door not being able to close um all of this was human error on multiple levels and i think that that is far more interesting than the devil holding open a door um i don't like i don't like randall flag being portrayed as the a goatee stroking devil i he is an agent of chaos and there is a difference you know yes he is a tempter he is he is a tempter um and he is a but he's more of a trickster figure than he is you know the, this grand manipulator and i i personally um I, I did not like that choice and i am sure that i am in the minority on this because i know that there's a lot of people that want that romanticized version of the villain and evil um spoiler alert for the dark tower everybody please i am about to spoil the conclusion to the dark tower okay in it randall flag is murdered very unceremoniously I find it to be very fitting for the character. Many people have a problem with it. So for the people that have a problem with it, I'm sure like that this is a way to to re-engage positively with a character that you want to have more importance. So you've got that going for you. Um, yeah, but just in general with villains, uh, I, I, I really like that Stephen King handles his villains without without giving them dignity he doesn't give them um my stomach is rumbling i don't know if you guys can pick that up uh he doesn't give them dignity he doesn't give them grace he doesn't give them respectability they are boorish they are um unqualified in their roles they are pitiful and they beg and they plead at the end and they are all revealed to be cowards and I think that that's really important um that really at the end of the day randall flag is the man behind the curtain when push comes to shove spoiler alert for the stand spoiler alert for eyes of the dragon spoiler alert for the dark tower series when push comes to shove and others stand against him he, he's a total coward um and i i, I think that the more we celebrate his villainy, the less of the pure character he he actually is. 
so that's that's just me. So my final thoughts on this, it's uh, on one hand, without going on the journey, we are missing out on on that examination and exploration of the human condition on society, on life in general, on on on, on it being a, a wholly American story. The fact that it takes place during the summer um, really speaks it's it, to me it feels very just it's an American thing. Um, the 4th of July and just this idea of, you know, I don't want to say it's like a summer vacation because the world has ended, but um, people going on their own external and internal journeys during the summer uh, is something that I, I would have loved to have um, gotten. And I know that we're, we're seeing bits and pieces, but knowing where it leads leads to denies us of the um of of the journey itself it's like more like we're looking at photographs of a journey that has already been taken rather than experiencing the journey in the first place so i think that that is um uh shooting it's the showrunners uh shooting themselves in the foot um with this decision um but you know ultimately this is a, a story that you know was written in the 70s republished in the 90s so relevant in 2020 it is the story of america um and and i really hope that it, it resonates the way that the novel does so far i think that it's good i was pleasantly surprised i went into it with some low expectations i aside from the the structural changes you know i, I don't have many criticisms you know the biggest criticism is is beyond the control of the people that made it just because i wanted to see it on the big screen does not mean that it's the fault of the the, the people who are making it so i don't feel fair to, to criticize them for that i don't feel fair for criticizing them because i'm denied something that i i want and did not get that's not fair to them and that has nothing to do with the um, exploration and the actualization of their intent as creators. So what I'm trying to do is trying to, to see, okay, they were tasked with um, putting this out on a streaming service. Um, how is What is the best version of this that they can give? And so far they're giving a, a, a version of this with really solid performances, with an opportunity to let it grow at times. That's why I really liked the J.K. Simmons um, scenes. It's why I really liked um, the, the the scenes with... Um, the actor's name Hamish um I thought that those those were just really good scenes where they were just characters being able to share space with one another without really having to talk about um uh exposition too much where they can just sort of be with each other and um I think that 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 the more opportunities we get of that the, the better off we're, we're gonna be so um those are my thoughts. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. And I hope that it 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 uh, it keeps getting better and better and better. Those are my hopes. Um, but guys, listen, I got to acknowledge something. It has been a while, and I am sorry. I really am sorry. Um, I want to still do the podcast. Like I said, life has been busy. Work has been busy. Um, but it doesn't mean that I I want to give this up can't guarantee that i'm going to be doing every episode of this um i would like to if i am enjoying it i will um 
if I'm not enjoying it, I won't because I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Um, you know, I, uh, if I, if I like it and I, you know, have some criticisms about it, then for sure I would love to continue exploring this series. But for right now, um, I'm happy with the first episode. Let's see what happens with the second episode. And, um... I just hope that everyone has uh, a wonderful holiday season. If you are tuning in for the first time, head on over to iTunes, leave a review, write a um, write a nice review if you liked the episode or like previous episodes. Send in all of your thoughts uh, to stephenkingcast.com. And may you have long days and pleasant nights, and I'll see you next time where M-O-O-N spells Stephen King cast. Some are speed.